Bow tie might well be the most important component of your marketing strategy in 2024. Don't believe me? Keep listening. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen and I'm the founder of Exposure Ninja. We're a digital marketing agency that helps our clients get more leads and sales online. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about too. Now today we're talking about planning the perfect digital marketing strategy for 2024. And we're going to talk about some of the channels that we are going to be using. But first, what is this whole bow tie thing? Well, there's this bow tie funnel that's doing the rounds in the world of marketing and it's getting a lot of attention. Now we think, I think part of it is really great. So let me just describe it to you. If you want to see the video version of this, then you can go onto our YouTube channel. Just search for Exposure Ninja bow tie on YouTube and you're probably going to find it because I don't think there's too many videos of me wearing bow ties on the internet. Anyway, how does the bow tie funnel work? Well, picture your typical marketing funnel. So you know a funnel shape, right? Wide at the top and then it goes down to a point. And the whole concept of a marketing funnel is that you start by throwing lots of people in that are sort of cold. They're unfamiliar with your business. They don't really know too much, they're not ready to buy. And then over time, they move their way down this funnel till they're ready to convert, ready to purchase. And that's when they drop out of the bottom. So you know a bow tie shape. Well, it's essentially two of these marketing funnels back to back. And that's what this whole thing is all about. So on the one side of the bow tie, you've got this typical marketing funnel where you've got cold traffic coming in or cold people or non-warm people coming in and then going through this process of becoming familiar with you and then eventually doing business with you. But then on the other side, you've got the same thing, but sort of inverted. And this is to represent the fact that actually most businesses have two marketing funnels, as well as the cold traffic and the cold visitors coming in. They also have existing customers that can be turned into brand advocates or that can refer their friends or that can be repeat customers. So you've basically got cold traffic coming in one side, becoming warm, getting to know you, and then you've got that traffic then turning into repeat customers, brand advocates, recommenders, and all that type of stuff. So today we're going to be talking about the different marketing channels that you're going to be using and how they can fit in to the different stages of this sort of double-ended funnel. Now, like with any of these marketing illustrations, there are whole marketing books that I've read, you know, really well-known textbooks where I think the entire purpose of this book is to overlay a bunch of pointless jargon on really simple terms in order to make the author sound clever and to make their incredibly simple concepts sound new and profound. And this bow tie funnel, to, to be honest, there's a whole bunch of it in that. There always is with us marketers. I don't know why we have to ruin everything with terminology. So what we're going to do is keep things really simple. You know the shape of this funnel. You know what we're talking about. You know you've got this cold traffic coming in one side and then you've got this repeat customer coming in the other or going out the other side. We're going to stick to the basics of it. We're not going to get into all the terminology around the bow tie funnel because to be honest, the last thing that you need to spend your time thinking about is any more marketing terminology. All right, so how does this stuff work? Well, any good strategy, any good marketing plan for the next year starts with a solid foundation of positioning and branding, 
a good website and a solid AI mindset. Now, if you're wondering what the AI mindset stuff is all about, we're going to get to that in a couple of minutes. Let's start though with the positioning and branding. This is the key part of any marketing strategy. It influences everything that you put out and the performance of every marketing asset that you have. Branding and positioning is basically how attractive you are to your target customers, how attractive your products, services, and your businesses are, your business is to your target customers and where you sit in the market. So the key messages that you put out, which encourage people to buy from you rather than your competitors. Positioning, for example, helpful for the people at the top of the funnel, understand exactly what you're offering. For people at the middle of the funnel to understand why they should buy from you rather than others. And the people at the bottom of the funnel, this is the stuff that's going to make them convert. It also helps build a connection with your existing customers and gives people a reason to advocate for your brand as well. So as part of your branding and positioning, you need to make sure this is sort of a prerequisite to doing any other digital marketing work. You need to make sure you're completely clear how you're different from others in your space. Now, this doesn't need to be something groundbreaking necessarily. It can be as simple as offering or simple as positioning yourself as very customer service focused in maybe an industry that's not known for having good customer service. Or maybe you're going to focus on selling sustainable products in an industry that's known for having a pretty negative environmental impacts or maybe you're going to focus on being family owned in a world where everything's owned by private equity and no one gives a shit. <laughs> so you need to make sure that your branding and positioning is on point. That's sort of a prerequisite to doing anything else. Another sort of prerequisite to driving traffic and building out a digital strategy is your website. Your website needs to be well designed. Of course, it needs to be attractive, but it actually needs to be more conversion focused than it needs to be on design focused. Yes, of course, it needs to look good. We like the sites that we design. For example, we aim for them to look the best in their space but we aim for them to be ruthlessly conversion focused. And that means that every aspect of the website is designed to turn visitors into leads or sales. That's the whole point of your website. If it's not conversion focused, it's pointless. Now this starts really straightforwardly with things like headlines, right? I'm on a site now for Mavenlink. If you have any idea what Mavenlink is or does, then please let me know because I'm on their homepage and for the life of me, I can't figure it out. Let me read you some select snippets from the M fact it'll basically be their whole homepage because there's not a lot of stuff here. Now, Mavenlink has just changed their name to Cantata, and this is obviously the most important thing in their world, so therefore it must be the most important thing in your world. The main headline on this page is, see how Cantata is transforming businesses like yours. The call to action, watch free demo. Now, watch free demo for what, you may say? Well, yes, I have no idea at all. The picture is of a smiling woman with a scribble in the background. The call to action at the top, there is a second call to action. That's great. Um, Unfortunately, it's try Cantata. I still don't know what I'm going to be clicking to try, so I'm fairly unlikely to give that one a click. Now, there's some descriptive text underneath which says, do what you do best, only better. Okay, cool. Uh, maybe the next paragraph will help us, or maybe not. Staff optimal teams effortlessly respond to project changes in real time and enjoy the benefits of truly understanding operational performance. Serve your clients like never before with the power of the Cantata Professional Services Cloud. Trademark. Oh, worry, no one's going to nick it. So, I don't know what this is. The trouble is, Google's not going to know what this is, so it's not going to rank it for anything, any of the keywords that they want to target. 
not going to rank for it because no idea what to rank it for. And any cold customer that comes in looking for something like project management software, they're going to get on that page and think, right, I'm not going to invest my time trying to figure out your cryptic game, this escape room like puzzle to work out what you're actually selling me. I'm out. Let's go and find someone else. Companies are still making these mistakes in 2023 and 2024. Companies are still hiding the description of their business behind a layer of bullshit, fluffy jargon. And it drives me mad. I don't know if you can tell. So don't do it. In 2023 and in 2024, we need to be prepared for every single page on our website to be a good converter of cold traffic, meaning traffic needs to be able to come into any page of your site be unfamiliar with your business and you do a good job of explaining what you do for that potential customer. That's an absolute necessity. With things like SGE, where it could be referencing content on any page of your site, you can be getting cold traffic on any page. So your site needs to be prepared. You need to basically have a thousand salespeople all facing the different angles that customers can come in from your website. Okay, let's talk about your calls to action, the other aspects of having a high performance site. So your calls to action, we've talked about these before on the podcast and in our videos, but they should make it incredibly clear what the next step that you want customers to take, and they should incentivize the visitor to click. Now, this incentive can be as simple as just handing, handling objections, making it seem sort of uh, risk-free for people, I guess. Uh, or you can actually directly incentivize people. Um, I was just having a look at the Cooker website earlier. Cooker offer the sort of boiling water taps. We've done a teardown of their marketing. Now, one of the calls to action on their website is fantastic. It says book a virtual appointment. If you click on that, you get this uh, nice page. It says book a virtual appointment with the Cooker team. It explains exactly how the process works. And they incentivize you to do this by offering a £99 discount when you order a Cooker system through a virtual appointment. Okay. Now, it's past the due date of this uh, offer, so it's not perfect, but it's great that they're incentivizing people to request these, uh, request this, you know, fill in the CTA form and request these virtual appointments. So that's a great way of luring people in. Another company that is doing a great job of the virtual appointments is Stanner, the Stairlift company. Now, if you think about their target audience, people buying Stairlifts may not be used to making large purchases over the internet. They might be quite um, skeptical or concerned or whatever if, you know, Know, they're worried about someone taking advantage of them and scamming them or whatever. So this Stanner Stairlift um, virtual consultation page is a great masterpiece in overcoming objections. They explain exactly how it's going to work. There's an FAQ that asks, answers questions nice and simply. And of course, they make it really simple to request that CTA. When we're designing our CTAs, we also need to take into consideration where people are at in the funnel. So if they're top of funnel, if they're looking for information, they're probably not going to be ready to book an appointment now. If they're top of funnel, they might be looking to download a checklist. They might be looking for a guide or something which matches where they're at. So we need to be offering this on our website. Now, of course, when you're offering a download or a checklist, you also want to have an email marketing campaign that sits behind this, which follows up with them with an automated sequence that gradually warms them up until they're ready to purchase. But the point is that you have the CTA um, designed for the stage of the funnel that your content is optimized for. Okay, we'll talk about this uh, a little bit more when we're talking about content marketing. Let's talk about the AI mindset which we mentioned at the start. Now, I'm not going to go through all of the different ways that AI may impact marketing over the next year, but this is likely to be a big year for AI. And 
Um, we've got a whole bunch of videos and podcasts about AI. We talk about it in the podcast extra. We keep you up to date with all the latest goings on in AI. Some of the biggest things that we're going to be, that you're going to be working on, everyone in the world of digital marketing is going to be working on. Firstly, search generative experience. So Google's um, AI search results actually in the search results page. So when you're typing a how, what, when, where type question onto Google, you're going to be getting more generative AI answers uh, than you are necessarily, you know, featured snippets. So we're seeing generative AI answers for most of those sorts of questions. Um, and when Google rolls this out publicly, this is going to mean a lot of uh, people don't need to go through to websites, they can get their answer from the SGE response, which is generated by Google's AI. Marks is going to have to understand how this impacts their search traffic and how to get ranking in the links that SGE gives. Okay, this is going to be a key battleground over the next year for SEO. So you need to be spending more time than you have previously on understanding SGE, understanding how it works. Make sure you're following our YouTube channel. Make sure you're following the podcast because we're going to share what we learn as we continue to perform our experiments there. You may also want to make sure that you've got search ads, a search ad campaign set up and running, because if you do notice a drop in traffic because of SGE rolling out, then you might want to supplement that traffic with paid search traffic. And you don't necessarily want to be starting a brand new campaign. It would be much better to have an existing campaign, which you can crank up rather than having to crank up a cold campaign that hasn't been optimized. You may also want to put more of a focus in digital PR, knowing that high authority sites are uh, likely to be showing up in the links in SGE. And if you can get your business featured in these sites, um, you can get uh, coverage when people click through onto those sites and they're looking for, you know, recommended businesses or whatever. But through um, having your business featured all over the internet, you're also more likely to be referenced in Google's AI answers, which is important. So AI is going to be a fantastic tool for marketers, but uh, and you don't necessarily want to build your marketing strategy around it, but you do need to make sure that you are dedicating some good time over the next year to keep on top of the changes because this is going to be a huge year for AI and marketing, arguably a bigger year than 2023 was as we start to see more sort of real world applications of this technology. And once it's built into Google search results, this is going to be one of the most used AI tools ever. Okay, let's talk about SEO and the SEO component of your strategy and where in this bow tie SEO is going to fit in. With AI search on the horizon and Google building in AI answers to its search, actually SEO is going to become more important than ever, making sure that we're giving Google the uh, the signs it needs in order to recommend our business, both in the SGE results, but also in the organic results. If people have got this huge AI piece at the top of the search results and you're buried on page six of the organics, you're not going to be seen. So you need to be fighting out for the top few positions if you're going to be picking up the majority of clicks on this page. But the way you think about SEO may need to change given all of this SGE stuff that's kicking off, meaning that we're going to need to make sure we understand all of the questions customers are searching for. We're going to need to know what sort of answers Google is serving and we're going to need to make sure we've got content that backs up those answers. Okay, we'll talk more about SGE and optimization later on. I don't want to sort of derail this video on it. I could go on for hours about it. And trust me, the team at Exposure Engine know I genuinely do. 
We've also noticed a trend of shorter pages appearing for some searches, leading me to believe that Google is potentially prioritizing some concise answers. Some of the SGE results that we're seeing are very, very short pages uh, being referenced. They tend to have very concise titles. They tend to be very, um, you know, snippetable uh, length, snippetable um, paragraph lengths. So it could be that the types of content that uh, that we're writing and that we're publishing may need to change or adapt and and evolve over the next year. Now, let's think about content types that we're going to be publishing and let's think about our bow tie. People at the top of the funnel, people who are in the early stages of making a purchase, they may want a short snippet answer. Let's just go for a, a very uh, basic topic, something like what is hummus, right? If someone's searching for what is hummus, they don't want, this is a very top of funnel search, they don't want a huge, you know, 15 paragraph article all about the reader's life, the, the writer's life story, the first time they tried hummus, the taste of the hummus on their tongue. What they want is that, you know, hummus is a chickpea paste with oil, right? <laughs> That's basically it. Whereas somebody searching for how to make hummus, which is much further down this hummus marketing funnel, they're going to want a longer piece of content. So, I think as, as marketers and as SEOs, we might start changing the length of the content that we're writing in relation to where someone is at in their marketing funnel. At the moment on Google, or historically on Google, you'll have noticed that Google prioritizes long content for all types of searches. So if you search for what is hummus, you will get articles which are like the writer's life story. And you know, when I was six, I discovered what hummus actually was. Keep reading to find out what, what it is. You scroll past like six pages of ads, you get a whole bunch of preamble about the history of hummus and then finally at the bottom you get the answer to what is hummus. This is the sort of thing that we don't see SGE rewarding and therefore I think marketing will adjust and people will stop going for these sorts of strategies. Now, of course, if you're not sure what length your content should be when you're targeting a particular question or search term, the best thing to do is just have a look on Google to see what is already being rewarded. Have a look at the sites that are ranking for this term, see how long they are, see how detailed they are, see how you would make them better. And better doesn't necessarily just mean longer. Now, also remember that you're going to have to review your SEO frequently. SGE in its current form is changing on a monthly basis and when Google rolls it out publicly it's going to be getting a huge amount of data back which may mean that it changes, it continues to change frequently. So I think the feedback loop that us SEOs have to view our content or against and, and how we have to look at the search results to see how they're evolving is going to have to speed up in the next year. So this is going to be something that you're probably going to spend more time on this year than you have previously. Let's talk about your blog and website content. Now, these are going to be important for all stages of your funnel. So your strategy needs to consider the entire customer journey, top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel, then retaining customers and brand advocates at the back end. So uh, let's say that uh, we're selling uh, pet insurance, right? Top of funnel traffic might be searching for things like uh, travel tips for a dog right? Travel tips to take your dog on holiday or whatever. This is going to be top of funnel traffic because they're not necessarily searching for pet insurance, but they know that 
you know, but you know that if you can get someone who's taking their dog abroad, then your tra- uh, pet travel insurance, your sorry, your pet insurance includes cover for that person around the world. So that person who's searching to take their dog abroad might be a potential customer for you, right? So you got the top of funnel content there. Bottom of funnel might be a phrase like pet insurance for dogs abroad or pet insurance for dog holiday USA, stuff like that. And you might have content all about that with the things that you want to consider when you're taking your dog abroad and all that. That type of stuff. Then on the back end for the repeat customers, you might have a separate bunch of content which is designed for the phrases that they're going to be searching for and also for brand advocates as well. One great example of sort of brand advocate, sort of uh, repeat customer focused content is in uh, our, one of our marketing team, Jess. She's amazing and she loves this brand, Lucy and Yak. And they sell like uh, dungarees and I think denim products and stuff like that. And they They've got this amazing care guide on their website, which is content that is optimized for people who are an existing customer. So this is designed for people who are searching for care tips for their dungarees. And this is all about how to look after it. It's all about, you know, what temperature you should be washing it at, um, ironing it inside out and all that stuff. Now, the great thing about this is it sends a clear message to your customers that just because you've bought from us doesn't mean we don't care about you anymore. Most businesses, the content they produce is all about getting new customers and they don't really produce content for their existing customers. Whereas Lucy Nyak is very consciously producing content for their existing customers, which is only going to increase the chances that those existing customers then recommend them to friends because they're having a better experience with their products. So don't just think about a website and blog content for your new customers. Think about website and blog content for your existing customers as you're planning your content for the next year. Another content approach that can work very well for getting repeat purchase and brand advocates is gift guides. So for example, publishing gift guides on your website, let's say that you're Lucy and Yak and you want more people to buy your dungarees for their friends or that you want people to buy gift vouchers for their friends. You can have gift vouchers for the dungarees loving person in your life and you can then publish this on Google. You, uh, you can publish this and optimize it for Google search for different you know, gift guides for vegan searches or whatever. And you can also send it to your email list as a way of sort of reactivating them to purchase. Okay, let's talk about social media. This is another part of your strategy that you can use to connect with all stages of your funnel, nurturing them towards purchase and then repurchase and advocacy. Now, social media can be especially good for connecting with customers at the top of the funnel, so very early stages, nurturing them towards the bottom of funnel and then converting them to brand advocates. Now, it's really important here that you pick the platforms that your audience is spending their time on rather than just choosing what's popular or what you like. Okay, you might not be your customer. So let me give you an example. Now the charity Become encourages Twitch streamers to do charity streams to raise money for their cause. Now they know that if they want to reach these streamers, one of the best ways they can do this is on Discord because this is where streamers spend their time. So they made their own Discord server to connect with these streamers and help them put out the best charity streams possible. They've built an incredible landing page for this as well, which uses real sort of streamer gamer type graphics. They've got some really cool logos. They've got some uh, like team jerseys as well. They've done a really great job of building an entire marketing funnel for this particular customer group and then meeting them on the social channel that they spend the most time on. Now the marketing manager or the CMO or whoever could have said, well, I spend all my time on Facebook, so we should do Facebook. 
But that's not what they've said at all. They've said, where is our audience hanging out? Where are they congregating already? And how do we get in front of them? Now, social media is likely to have an increased focus in 2024, particularly influencer marketing and user-generated content. This is in part because of Google's new perspectives filter. And this is going to be a filter that you'll start to see rolling out first on mobile um, for Google search. So when you tap, when you make a search on Google and you tap the perspectives filter, Google is going to be showing basically people giving their opinions on whatever you've searched for. So you'll see, for example, a lot of vertical video on YouTube Shorts and TikTok, people giving their product reviews on a certain product, for example. You'll see user-generated content in forums on sites like Reddit and Quora. Now, the reason that Google is moving into perspectives is kind of the opposite of generative AI, right? If you search for something and you go to generative AI, you're going to get essentially a generic answer, which is a combination of all the world's current knowledge on that topic. Whereas if you go to perspectives, you're going to see a whole bunch of individual people's perspectives on a topic. So why is Google doing this? Well, Google knows that nearly 40% of Gen Z use TikTok or Instagram to search for info instead of Google because they want to see individual people's perspectives on things. It's a much less sort of Boolean linear type search. It's much more explorative. And if this behavior continues, Google is going to push harder into this perspectives type filter. So perspectives brings this type of content from across the web to help people make these types of decisions about their purchase. So this type of user generated content is likely to be really important. And it's important for all stages of the funnel. People will see content about your brand, they'll want to learn more and hopefully eventually purchase. Then you can encourage your customers to create content about their experience to build out that back end funnel to get the recommendations, to get the referrals, to get the brand advocacy. Okay, next element in your 2024 digital strategy is going to be pay-per-click. With AI search starting to launch as a standard, we expect more brands and businesses to push more into pay-per-click because not only will they want to mitigate some of the ranking drops that they or the traffic drops, sorry, that they may have seen as a result of SGE, but they're also going to be, a lot of them are just going to be panicking that they don't know how to optimize for this new standard search engine. So they're just going to instead be rushing over to pay per click. Now, since some businesses are going to be using AI and Google's generative AI tools to create their ads, we're also expecting to see the sort of the worst quality ads improve in standard. Okay, if AI can generate mediocre ads, that means we're not going to see any bad ads anymore because the worst quality ads that we're going to see are just going to be mediocre. Now, if you've been creating bad ads, this is great news because AI can now make better ads. For everyone else, the bar is obviously raising because we're going to need to not just beat bad ads, we're going to need to beat mediocre AI ads. So we're going to have to make sure that our AI, that our copy, our ad copy is better than ever. We're going to have to make sure that any ad images and creative that we're using is better than ever and better than what it'll be easy to create with AI because that's just going to blend into a much of the muchness. 
Now, of course, your pay-per-click ads and your pay-per-click ad strategy needs to think about the stages of the funnel that your viewer is at, going back to our bow tie. There are going to be ads, there are going to be times when you want to run ads to people at the top of the funnel to answer questions that they might have. There are going to be times where you're wanting to drive people at the bottom of the funnel who are ready to make a purchase. Most advertisers typically focus on the bottom of the funnel. They focus on the traffic that is most likely to turn into money right now. And whilst that can often make sense, there is usually an opportunity to target top of funnel searches, the people who maybe want to buy pet insurance but they don't know that they do yet, so they're searching for dog travel tips, for example. Now, there is a world where driving traffic to dog travel tips to a blog post on your pet insurance website makes a bunch of sense because that traffic will be incredibly cheap because people aren't really monetizing it because it's informational traffic. And if you're doing a really good job of collecting email addresses on that page, for example, by offering a dog travel checklist that people can download and you then have an email sequence that takes you through, you know, hey, here's the things that you need to make sure you've got prepped for your dog holiday. And one of them is insurance. And then you're really good at selling people into insurance from that. Then it can make sense to drive PPC ads to that top of funnel page on your site. So you need to think about the, the stage of the funnel that your pay-per-click ads are targeted to and use the same attitude that you have towards content towards your pay-per-click ads. Think about what is most helpful to that person at the stage of the funnel they're in and make the ads that are relevant to the action they should be taking next. Now we've got a fairly recent video and podcast all about the future of PPC and PPC in 2024. So we're not going to go into any more detail there, but you can check that out through the link in the description. Okay, let's talk about email. Email is an amazing marketing tool. It has been for, well, since I started marketing back in 2005, and it's going to be no less important in 2024 but only if you use it correctly. And by correctly, I mean making use of automation and segmentation. Automation is setting up uh, automatic sequences of emails that go out at predetermined times um, de designed to take someone through a, a sort of a journey towards conversion, hopefully. So automated emails are great for people who've signed up at the top or the middle of the funnel when you're trying to warm potential customers up to you. The dog travel checklist, right? There should be an email automated stream on the back of that which takes them through the process of preparing to take their dog on holiday and all that stuff. But automation can also be great for targeting people closer to the bottom of the funnel based on the actions that they took on your website. For example, if they download a guide to hiring an estate agent, for example, that's the bottom of the funnel search. Someone is about to hire an estate agent. So the automated emails that they need to get need to reflect the fact that they're about to take that action. So what you're not going to do is send them, you know, here's a guide to you know, the ultimate guide to selling your house. Well, they're already looking for an estate agent, so they know where they're at. What they need help with is picking the estate agent. They might just even need some recommendations of estate agents to work with. So this kind of automation, really important and making sure that automation matches where people are at in the journey. Segmentation, also incredibly important. Segmentation is breaking up your email list into groups of people that exhibit the similar sort of behaviors or in a similar sort of situation or who have a similar sort of uh, uh, purchase history. So one example is a, um, a, a, a an email um, from You Need a Budget and they have a really simple sort of nudge email. I think it's actually called Nudge. It says, hey there, Nudge Nudge, it's been a little while since you've checked your budget. This is so essential, your first month to be in control of your finances. Go over back to our website and take a look now. So what this is doing is it's just like a, someone's purchased 
is just to get them back into the platform if they haven't used it. So simple, so easy. And this is one of your bow tie emails that you're going to use on the back end funnel just to get someone to use your product if they haven't used it, knowing that that's going to increase the chance that they retain and become an advocate. So think about how you can use email automations and segmentation at each different stage of these two funnels. Now, of course, this wouldn't be a true exposure ninja strategy video if we didn't talk about digital PR. We expect digital PR to become even more important in 2024, not least because of AI. People will be looking for information in new ways, much like perspectives. They'll want to hear opinions from real publications and or high authority publications in their space rather than just from AI generation generated response. And of course, if you're searching an SGE, you will notice that a lot of uh, sort of high authority third party sites are referenced or sorry, are linked to by the SGE answers. So you need to make sure that your business is being featured there. Of course, by getting your business featured all across the internet, you also increase the chances that the SGE answer, Google's um, AI answer actually just directly recommends your business. Um, and I think that's going to be a key battleground over the next couple of years as well. So because of this, if you haven't harnessed the power of digital PR, if you haven't dipped your toe into the water, 2024 is definitely the year to start. Let's go back to the funnel. So digital PR is great for grabbing the attention of people at the top of the funnel who haven't heard of you before. A great way to get on someone's radar the first time is to be referenced by a publication that has really high authority to your target audience. So we see this all the time. This is the main use of digital PR. Um, I'm looking at a campaign here from Compare the Market, which has basically collected a bunch of data about which UK city has the dirtiest car based on how often people are getting their car cleaned. Its conclusion, weirdly, is that the cities which clean their cars the most have the cleanest cars, whereas I would have thought it's the opposite. Right? If the people in London, for example, clean their car almost twice as much as the people in Sheffield. But who then for has the cleanest car? I would say it's probably the people in Sheffield, right? Because they don't need to clean their cars often. Anyway, that's beside the point. Compare the Market is running this campaign to get attention. They're going to be selling car insurance, of course. But what they really want to do is get in people's brains. They want to get their brand in front of people however they possibly can by getting attention, by getting stories covering the brand. They're also going to pick up a bunch of links, which is going to help their ranking. So happy days. But that's very top of funnel. We also got um, examples uh, in our clients um, sort of uh, in, in our case studies um, database, I guess, of clients where we've worked using digital PR to drive bottom of the funnel traffic. So for example, if there's a particular story or there's a problem that uh, certain potential customers for a client have, we can get a story published which addresses that problem on a high ranking website and positions the client as a solution. And this can be very bottom of funnel traffic. I'm thinking about one example recently about the uh, the opioid uh, crisis. Um, people who are searching for the opioid crisis or information to help loved ones will be checking out this article. And this article we got published in a very high authority publication in the UK talking about how our client helped some of their clients with um, overcoming opioid addiction. Very compelling story, very bottom of funnel focused and a really powerful marketing asset to generate a lot of uh, a lot of high quality traffic. So that's digital PR. And that's the last of the channels that we're going to be talking about. There's one more thing before we wrap up today, though. And that is that 
We've talked about each of these digital channels. We've talked about the fact that we've got these two funnels. We've got the front-end funnel driving cold people to your business. We've got the back-end funnel, which is designed to encourage repeat purchase, designed to encourage brand advocacy. But the middle bit, the knot in your bow tie is really important. This is all about how you're using data, how you're using like GA4 and Search Console and all of the various data tools that you have at your disposal to monitor what's happening, but also how you're connecting the different activity that you're doing in different areas. Let me give you a couple of examples. So let's say that you're writing a blog that's targeting your top of funnel traffic. Well, how are you then using that across social media? Are you able to take snippets out of that blog and post them as social posts? How are you using that in your email marketing? Are you taking that blog and are you posting it to your different segments or building it into your email automation sequence for different calls to action on your website? Or how do you think about your product strategy over the next year? If you're launching a new product in Q2, for example, which channels are you going to be using to promote it? How are you warming up your audience ready to receive this product? What new content will you need? Will you be running a digital PR campaign to promote this? Will you be collecting email addresses through a CTA in the months before this product launch so that you then have an audience that you can launch this product to and you can launch this thing with a bang. Maybe you want to drive PPC ads to the middle or the bottom of the funnel towards your new product. Maybe you need to create some new content for the middle and the bottom of the funnel that you can drive PPC ads to. So you need to be thinking about how each of these different channels works not just in one area of your funnel but across different areas of your funnel. How can you get Get your brand advocates excited about the new products that you're launching? Can you create a referral program? Can you incentivize them? Can you send them an insider email sequence telling them about this new product or send them a free sample that they'll share on social media? How can you use that mailing list? How can you use those existing connections, your followers on social media to make this launch uh, work well? So this bowtie funnel is all about connecting everything together and optimizing it in the middle. Combining your channels is key. And we've got a video on our YouTube channel all about your 10 million pound content playbook. Go and check that out because it does, it sort of explains how you can repurpose content across different channels to get much more leverage from it. Create once, use multiple times. If you found this podcast useful, please do leave us a review and a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And if there are any topics that you want us to cover in the future, just email podcast at ExposureNinja.com. Don't forget to request your free website and marketing review from the team here at Exposure Ninja. If you need help with this, just go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review and request your review today. If you qualify, one of the team will film you a video which will send to you usually within two to three working days showing you where the strengths and weaknesses in your digital marketing lie at the moment, where the opportunities are for growth, including through things like generative AI in search. So go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request your free website and marketing review today and I will see you next time.